everyone, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, and we do this little show called Solid Steps Radio, and we've been doing this now going on six years, depending on when you hear this, and we started this show with this in mind, that men need to talk more about uh, things in life more than just sports, weather, and politics. That the things of that live into eternity and define who you are is more than those things. Now, I like those three things. I like to talk about sports, weather, and politics, but the truth of the matter is God, has, God made us to be more than just that. And so we want to tell the story that God is writing in men's lives, and we want to say, what are the things that as a man, specific to us as men, as husbands, as fathers, as business owners, whatever it is, friendships, we need to walk in our destiny that God intended us to walk, and that is not going to happen outside of the person of Jesus Christ. Hence the name Solid Steps Radio. So we we want to talk about men's walks with God. And if you're not on that walk, we want to help point you in the right direction. We are not the answer, but we know the answer. And we just want to be a tool in your toolbox. That being said, today we talk about something that is really important, especially when you use this word with men. I'm going to use a word here right now, men. What's the first thing you think of? Leader. Now, right then, when I said that, you thought of Bear Bryant, Newt Rockney. Uh, you thought of uh, people maybe in sports world, you thought of the CEO, the billionaire CEO, you thought about leadership, maybe from a corporate standpoint, but what about in your day-to-day life? Well, today we're going to talk about an author and a gentleman who's made it his passion to that everyone is to lead like they were meant to. Yeah, so Chad, I was blessed 10 plus years ago to connect with this guy, Rob McKinnon. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Kurt. Great to be here. It's great to have you, brother. And uh, I wish I could just give you a big hug, but we got to do it kind of virtually. But um, uh, listeners, Rob McKinnon is a, a, an executive CEO, works with presidents and uh, executives from all over the country. And uh, I was privileged 10 years ago or so to connect with Rob, and he came alongside me while I was pastoring and was a huge blessing resource. He and Marta... Uh, we did ministry together and partnered together. And so, Rob, it is great to have you. And uh, as Chad alluded, you, you got a brand new book out called, uh, give us the title. Lead Like You Were Meant To, Make the Shift from Autopilot to Intentional. And uh, when you wrote, uh, we were joking before the show began, it, it's taken you how many years to, to write this? Only 10. <laughs> Readers, it's a great book. Um, lead like you were meant to. to uh, before we started uh, just the show, you gave a definition of leadership. Talk to our listeners about that. Yeah, one one thing I want to tweak, uh, Kurt, in your introduction of me, you said I'm a CEO slash executive. I don't think you quite put the word coach on there. So I'm oh, in the oh, business I, of coaching. Didn't I put coach? I, I guess I didn't. Thank you. Thank you for that. I walk, I walk alongside leaders, and it's a privilege uh, to do that. Um, yeah, I, I often ask at the beginning, if you could only use one word to define leadership, what word would you use? My word would be influence. The Latin root of influence means to flow into. And so to the extent that any of us is flowing into the lives of others, uh, hopefully that's coming out of our life and into them. Uh, we have leadership. We have influence uh, with them. 
So whether we are uh, a dad, a husband, uh, in any kind of workforce, we are all, as, as Dallas Willard says, uh, we're all being, uh, being taught and being led, and we are also leading and teaching others. We never stop until uh, our life is over on this earth. But Rob, I, um, I, I want to jump straight into the book because it's got some really, um, really good stuff in it. Um, you mentioned in the very beginning about roadblocks to leadership and, and, and influence. So I'm in the business. Uh, my everyday uh, life is spent uh, sitting behind closed doors with leaders helping them figure out how they want to grow or change. I, I like to say, if they're not growing or changing, then I don't need to be here. Um, so when you think about growing or changing, and and I've heard, you know, I hear from people sometimes, they just say, well, that's just the way I am. And I would, I would suggest to you that there's more, there's more to your life than that. There's an opportunity to continue to grow and change. And I think our life is, is a lifelong journey towards becoming the best version of ourselves possible. Um, but there are three roadblocks I've observed over my 15 years of doing this. Keep in mind, these are roadblocks that I've discerned with leaders who are already at the top. So these are, these are ones that as the world keeps score, you would, you would assume they're doing everything right. And yet they, the best leaders I find want to keep getting better. Uh, and I would hope that would be true of, of all of us. If we're following a broadcast like Solid Steps Radio, it's because we want to keep keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Those three roadblocks are these. First of all, and, and I'll just warn your leader, your listeners right now, some of them are doing this right now. The first roadblock is that we spend too much time on autopilot. Uh, explain that to our, re- our listeners. Yeah, autopilot. autopilot is not good or bad. But autopilot is doing things mindlessly. We don't have to think about what we're doing. We just do them. We get up. We have our routines in the morning. We, we, how we go about getting ready for the day, how we interact with our family members, how we interact with our coworkers. Much of that is on autopilot. We keep kind of doing the same things, responding the same way. And guess what? Our results tend to kind of stay about the same. Uh, when you think about one of the more difficult relationships in your life, whoever that's with, think about that same old thing that that person does to you. Think about the same old thought that you have about them, the same emotion that you feel towards them, and typically the same words that come out of your mouth in responding to them. That's autopilot. So, Autopilot is doing things the way we've always done them. Einstein captured it when he said insanity is doing things the same way we've always done them and expecting a different outcome. So if you want to change significantly or you want to change a relationship, you're going to have to turn off autopilot and go about things in a new way. That's the first roadblock. And we're going to talk a little bit more later in, in the previous or next segments about how do we best do that in, in the different areas of our lives. But give us the next two roadblocks. Yeah, number two is that we tend to show up with less than 100% of ourselves. And what do I mean by that? Um, in my book, I, 
I talk about uh, the concept that we are showing up at any given time in four dimensions. We're showing up in our physical bodies. We're showing up with our intellectual minds. We're showing up with our emotional hearts. And deep inside us, deep in that very center, that very core part of who we are is our spiritual dimension or our spiritual self. Now, when I say spiritual, um, I'm not talking religion per se, although if you have a faith, as we all do, it absolutely impacts all this. But that spiritual dimension is my core identity, my core sense of purpose, my beliefs and my values. I talk about this with everyone I coach, regardless of faith or uh, religious affiliation. It's true for all of us. But we tend to show up with only one or two of these dimensions in mind. We might show up to work caring about how we look that day or how we've dressed. Uh, And we may show up with our intellectual mind really tuned into what we're thinking about or a problem that we're trying to solve. But we probably give a lot less attention to those last two dimensions and the emotional and and our spiritual selves. And I'll tell you a little bit later when we go through those, how those are absolutely impacting how we show up. The best leaders tune into all four dimensions. Um, In the Old Testament, God's first great command was, love me with all your heart, soul, and mind. In the New Testament, heart, soul, mind, and body. So they're all captured right there. This isn't original with me. This concept has been around (laughs) since God instituted it. Uh, And we all do well to show up with all four. uh, We're going to take a break here, Rob, and then we're going to come right back to that third roadblock, and then we're going to unpack those four dimensions of how we, as leaders, how that plays out in our lives. So we're going to take a break, be back shortly, and if you're just listening in on this, you are a leader. You're leading someone somewhere, good or bad. And so we want to be moving in the direction of changing for, for the betterment of good. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly to talk more about leadership here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors, Ellen and Credit Union. They're a local financial institution that helps you with your personal, your business, your goals you need to make financially as far as uh, whether it's loans, whether it's checking accounts, Ellen and Credit Union can help you out. Vision First Eye Care, they have 11 different locations, excuse me, 11 different cities, six different locations just in the Louisville area. You are more than a set of eyeballs with Vision First. We want to thank them for being a sponsor of the show. And also Frank Enterprises, if you have water outside your house not going where it's supposed to go, septic tanks, landscaping, you name it, Frank Enterprises can take care of you and all of your landscaping needs. So Rob McKinnon, uh, you mentioned the first uh, couple roadblocks to us being more uh, just in a, in a positive way, influencing leadership. And, and why don't you just review those real quickly and then hit us with the number three. Yeah, roadblocks to growing, changing, moving towards our best selves. Uh, first one is spending too much time on autopilot. Autopilot's not bad, but when we do it all the time, we're going to kind of keep getting the same results. Number two is showing up with less than 100% of what we have in ourselves, what we have to offer and and access uh, to be ourselves. And lastly, is is failing to recognize the relationship, and it's a very tight relationship, between our greatest strengths and our greatest weaknesses. And... um, Kurt and Chad, one of the great things about having a book now 
is whenever I speak, I can say, hey, I don't have time to go into this, but it's all in the book. And so we may not spend as much time on that notion of greatest strengths and weaknesses, but why is that a problem? Because those two things are wrapped around the same characteristic in us. And when we fail to realize that there's a shadow side to that strength, we're going to tend to keep repeating the negative part because um, we keep repeating that common characteristic. Um, I wish I had more time to give examples on that, but as I said, it's all in the book. We well, need to recognize that. Well, and also, you know, Rob, I think um, uh, sometimes our greatest strength can become our greatest weakness. And, yes. and, and we can really, really limit ourselves. And um, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, and just be able to understand that dynamic. Yeah, that's right. Typically, a great strength starts to become a great weakness when we insist on using the great strength all the time Mm. in all settings. So, Rob, um, let's just jump now into the four dimensions of what you talk about in your book. Uh, And the first one is physically. When, When just showing up physically, describe that to our listeners. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So again, the the operating principle here is around the book is that to lead others well, to influence others well, we first have to lead ourselves well. It's it's that it's what I call the inner game. It's it's what's happening within us. And so, being aware of how you show up physically uh, captures two key things that I like to talk about. One is simply physical presence. Who walks in the room when you walk in the room? Second question, what does your body communicate when you aren't speaking? I have a, a CEO I was talking to the other day. He's frustrated. He's, he's anxious to get everybody back, you know, post-COVID, get everybody back together. He said, Rob, remember, 70 to 90% of communication is nonverbal. It's what our bodies are saying over and above what our mouth is saying. And what I would challenge you to do is find someone you really trust. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a a close friend who you can trust to be really honest with you. Stand there in front of them and look at them and ask them, what do you see when you see me? That'll give you a little bit of a clue of just what your body communicates. The second key aspect of the physical dimension, and it's it's one we all know about, but we tend to take it for granted, is the notion of how we're taking care of our bodies and what impact that has on how we show up. And what else what I'll say here is when I talk with with a person who's had a bad day at the office or a bad exchange with one of their kids or their spouse, we go back through the forensics and look at what was building up to lead to that. So often it will be a breakdown physically. They haven't been getting enough sleep. They've been sick or ailing in some way. Uh, They had too much to eat, too much to drink, uh, you know, whatever it was. And, And the important thing about the physical dimension is of all the four dimensions we're talking about, physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, the physical is the one we most tangibly can control and manage in ourselves, and yet we often don't. We take it for granted. 
You know, uh, Rob, I'll never forget what I was sitting across uh, having coffee with you, and I was frustrated and a little angry. And um, you you said to me, I wish you could just see your body right now and how you are communicating. And I'm like, Rob, get out of my face. <laughs> but it was so true. I needed to hear that, and I needed to uh, uh, better understand how we communicate just with our physical presence. In that instance, you weren't upset with me even. You were describing something that had happened and, and it was all coming out in your body. And that isn't just true for Kurt Souter. That's true for everyone. But when we're on autopilot, we don't notice it. Yeah, that was a, that was a big eye opener. That was about 10 years ago. And I'm forever grateful that you pointed that out. Rob, so we have this whole physical um, piece and then we also have, uh, which is the next dimension, is our intellectual piece. Talk to our listeners about that. Yeah, so a key here is that you have thoughts, but you don't have to be your thoughts. If you're on autopilot, your thoughts are your reality. But when you're not on autopilot, you are noticing your thoughts. You're creating some distance between yourself and your thoughts and you're managing those thoughts. Um, when we were first talking, Chad was talking about having a lot of stuff going on in his head today as he walked into this session. So what he's speaking of there is the distinction between our conscious thoughts, okay? He's thinking about this session and getting ready for it and his part in it. But then what he was really referencing there was there's also our subconscious thoughts. Sub if, if conscious thoughts are what you're actively thinking about, subconscious is what else you're thinking about. Stuff that's not going on in the room right here, stuff that happened this morning, stuff that's coming up this afternoon. It could be an ailing child. It could be a difficult financial problem that you have. has nothing to do with the setting you're in right now, but it is captivating your mind. And the other key thing here is, are those thoughts tilting positive or negative? As I'm sitting across from you, Kurt, am I thinking positive thoughts or negative thoughts about you? Am I thinking positive or negative about our topic? And here's another big one. Am I thinking positive or negative about Rob McKinnon? How I'm thinking about all those things is really going to impact how I show up. And if I'm not tuned into it, it will be managing me. If I walk in here in a negative frame of mind, oh, I don't like to spend time with Kurt Souter. Oh, and when I do, he always makes me feel bad about myself. And I don't have anything to say. What kind of guy is going to show up if, if I'm letting all those thoughts manage me? But on the flip side, what is true is I love being with Kurt Souter. I'm glad to meet Chad Russell. I love what we're talking about. What a great opportunity. That's really going to impact the guy that shows up on this end of the microphone. And it's going to show up, uh, it's going to show up not just intellectually, but uh, it's going to show up physically and, 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 and then it's going to, it's going to show up in the other two areas that we're going to hit in just a little all bit. Interacts. It, it all interacts. Um, Rob, you mentioned, um, pausing t in, in, in one of your chapters, pausing to notice my thoughts. Um, explain that, explain that to our listeners. 
Yeah, a quick example I give on this, and those of you there in Louisville can relate to this. Imagine your thoughts like packages at the UPS sorting facility. Think of your thoughts as packages coming down the conveyor belt. All right, so first of all, we've already created some distance between you and your thoughts. They are separate from you. They are separate packages. But as those packages come down the conveyor belt, you are in a position to choose which packages you're going to pick up and which packages you're going to let go of. So a really positive thought about myself, I think I'll hang on to that. That'll, that's going to help me be a better version of myself today. A really negative thought about myself or what I have to tackle, I'm going to let that thought keep going down the, the conveyor belt. Well, we're going to take a break, come back in the next segment, and unpack these the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And this pertains to you, listener. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show, Bright Star Home Care. If you have a loved one who needs health care in their home, whether it's one visit a week or 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care can take care of you and your loved one at brightstarcare.com. Dan Hart Financial, if you know anyone who needs to talk about their retirement or lack of and what that might look like as far as from a wisdom perspective and you want to plan your retirement, Dan Hart Financial can do that. And then Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue, that's southernsmokecatering.com. They are a catering-only barbecue joint. They don't have any walls, but, boy, they got a good brisket. So you can't go to there and eat it, but you can order them for your next get-together. And also we want to thank Louisville Podcast Studios. If we sound good, it's because of Louisville Podcast Studios. So if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky, Anna area and you want to do a professional sounding and even good looking podcast with video and audio, podloo.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. So, okay, so Rob, uh, <laughs> we were in the middle of the break and we were, you were describing, I, I, I was thinking in my mind, I had a lunch meeting right before we are jumping into the studio here and I just recognized that I was there physically but emotionally and, and, and intellectually, really, I was already beginning to be here at the studio. I was thinking about our conversation, and you made a comment like, well, you can't, you know, you, you can't lead when you're there. Well, how, how, how did you say that? It's hard to have leadership presence when you're not present. <laughs> oh, that's convicting. Um, but yet, you know, I, I had a wonderful lunch and it was great to connect with those guys, but I, I had, I caught myself, um, a, you know, a, a few times I'm already thinking about, you know, our discussion and being ready and ready to rock and roll with the, with the show and interviewing you. And so it, it was just interesting, um, the connection between our intellect and physically showing up and being there present. Yeah, it's the rough example that I think everyone could appreciate is is when you're at some kind of social gathering and and you you meet someone you've been really wanting to meet and you're chatting with them and telling them about how you know about them or whatever. And meanwhile, they're looking over your shoulder to see who else in the room they know. So they're standing right there in front of you. They're two feet away from you, but they're not really present because they're already thinking about who else they want to talk with. And so part of being at our best is being fully present to who and what is in front of us and letting, you know, letting tomorrow take care of tomorrow, but just being right here in this moment 
and giving our very best uh, to that. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, and I, I just think how powerful that is when we as husbands, when we as dads, when we walk into the house, when we walk home in, in, into the home, and we're not we're there physically, but we're not there um, mentally, intellectually. You you, may, you make a comment in the book about assumptions that we we walk in and we are begin to assume certain principles or certain truths, and that's not always accurate. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, again, this is an important aspect of self-leadership with our intellect. Um, and what we tend to do, and we have to do it, I, I remind people that we have to do this because we often have less than complete information. Kurt, even if you and I or Chad and I are having a conversation right now and you may be sharing something with me, I still have less than complete information. Why? Because I'm only getting one aspect of you coming through to me and that is your voice speaking. I cannot read the thought clouds over your head as to what you're thinking about as you're talking. I cannot see into into your heart to discern what you're feeling. And I certainly can't see into the core of who you are and how this relates to who you are as a person spiritually. So I'm operating even right there with incomplete information. And so we have to do this, but a lot of times we will... Um, and again, this is where pride comes in. This is where, oh, I got to be the man. I got to, I got to know what's going on. And so we will make assumptions, whether it's about our wives, our kids, our coworkers, we will make assumptions as to why they are behaving the way they are or did what they did. And we will rush right in with judgment or correction or putting them down or why did you do that? And, this is a place where our mind, our intellect gets ahead of us and we need to constantly be alert for those times. And listen, this is when you're on autopilot, you're not noticing this. So this takes practice to notice when you're making assumptions. But I guarantee you, you start noticing all the times you're making assumptions, you will be seeing that you are doing it constantly, especially on autopilot. So here's one word I have for you besides noticing how much you're operating with assumptions. The antidote to assumptions is curiosity. Mm. Curiosity is not knowing, but wanting to know. And so instead of just making an assumptive, you know, directive or comment, you ask a question, tell me more. What are you thinking? What were you planning to do with this? Ask questions out of curiosity. That'll help you in that area. As you were describing this, Rob, I was thinking about what Jesus said in Matthew 7, do not judge, because you don't, you, you just don't know the full story, and uh, we're incapable of that. That's rich stuff. Um, our, I want to talk to our uh, listeners now about shifting to the third segment of emotion and what, how that plays over into our influence in our lives. Yeah. So this is where stuff really gets interesting. And <laughs> I talk with leaders about emotions all the time. And again, folks, my book is geared towards leaders. It has leaders, you know, referenced all throughout them. This book could have easily, this could be for anyone. I had a pastor's wife contact me after the book came out and said, I want to use this with my Bible study. Can I design a, a, a workbook to go with it? This is for everyone. So emotions 
here's a here's an opening premise. We are all wired with emotions. We came from the factory with emotions. Anyone that has held a newborn baby just after it's come out of its mother will recognize that the main way the baby communicates to the world at that point is totally with emotions. It has no words to speak, no gestures to make, but you know if that baby is angry or happy in the first 60 seconds of their lives. As a little more time passes, that baby experiences fear when they're surprised by something. They experience sadness when something is taken away from them. No one had to teach them those emotions. So get rid of this language that, oh, he got so emotional in the meeting or she got so emotional. We are all emotional beings and every one of you that's listening to my voice right now is feeling some emotion right now and it is impacting how you are wherever you are. And we have lots of words for emotions. I'll just cover this briefly. They can all be rolled up under these five. At any given point, and all these, by the way, have a volume knob on them, so low to high. <laughs> I'm glad, sad, mad, scared, or ashamed. And one of those or a combination of those are impacting how I'm showing up. And... Because if I am operating, and it's not like we just have like one of those, like I, I might be glad right now. No, it's the flavor of, of all of those, but there's probably one that's maybe uh, more pronounced in my position right now. Uh, is that right, Rob? Absolutely. And, and there's, you know, glad is, is a, we, we tend to think of glad is the good one. Um, emotion, the, the first four I gave you, glad, sad, mad, and scared are neutral. I mean, there are things we should be angry about. There are things we should be afraid of and prepare for. There's a time for sadness and grieving. So emotions are not good or bad. What's good or here's what's good or bad about emotions is whether they are controlling me bad and they will be if I'm on autopilot, I'm not noticing them or I am noticing them and channeling them and managing them uh, in a constructive way. I will tell you that there are three key emotions that I see driving leaders and we tend to have a default and those are fear, anger, or shame. 60 to 65% of the leaders I work with, the most dominant emotion managing them is shame. And mostly what they're doing is they're running hard to outrun shame because they can't stand how that feels. Um, so <laughs> what I like to say is don't feel ashamed if you feel shame all the time. You're actually in good company. But if you're not aware of it, it is going to be directing you in ways that are not going to have you at your best. And that's why I talk about it extensively in the book and noticing these emotions so you can manage them rather than let them manage you. That's rich stuff. We're going to take a break and I feel, uh, as a dad, I tell my boys, emotions make really good passengers, but they make really bad drivers. So don't let your emotions drive your train. Well, I'm hearing a professional who put that in writing and say, yeah, that's kind of true. So us men, we need to get on uh, our finger on the pulse of our emotions. So we're going to come back with one more segment and talk more about lead like you were meant to here on Solid Steps Radio. Thanks to our great sponsors, Commercial Free, uh, through our great sponsors, the Southeast Outlook. That is a local publication here in the Louisville area. They have been writing about the stories that God has been writing around the world. 
in the Southeast Outlook. And we would thank them for sponsoring our shoe. And then Veritech Generator. If you have a generator need or you've got a home or a business that needs a generator or needs some maintenance, Veritech Generator can take care of that. And then Iroquois Family Dental, Dr. Eric Veal and his crew, uh, Dr. Leah Viola, all of them over there. They do great cosmetic dentistry, Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, two locations in the Louisville area, and they will take care of your teeth. Hey, um, Rob, uh, I, I got a little pushback a little bit on this whole emotional thing. I mean, for us guys, really, uh, is this really the the real deal? I, I mean, how important is this being aware of our uh, emotional, uh, you know, having this self-awareness emotionally? Yeah, so I would just say that this is where stuff gets really interesting in my coaching work with leaders. Um, you know, most of us are pretty tuned into having a solid physical presence, uh, you know, looking sharp, staying fit. Uh, we're, we've been groomed since pre-K to upgrade our intellectual presence and be smart and have the answers and, and have the experience uh, to do our job. You start getting into the emotional and people start to get a little scared actually about where you're going. Um, <laughs> there's an emotion right there. there it is. Uh, and I emphasize with leaders that I'm not in the business of talking about emotions just so we can all be more touchy feely and relational and stand around and hold hands and sing Kumbaya together. Uh, leaders who connect with their emotions and start managing their emotions better um, are going to be better problem solvers and better decision makers because our emotions point to what we want. I can use my emotion to help me tune into what it is I really want. I'll give you some simple definitions here. When I am glad, I have what I want. Pretty, pretty straightforward, right? When I'm sad, what I want has been taken away from me. When I'm mad, there is a barrier between me and what I want. The barrier may be a person, it may be you know something else, but it's a barrier between me and what I want. And when I'm scared, what I want could be taken away from me. I find that it's fairly profound for me to challenge leaders as they're working through a problem or a big decision to just pause and say, what exactly do you want? Some of them are almost stunned. And again, these are leaders that are used to having their way and making the calls on things, but they, they, they rarely pause to really dig into what they want in a given situation, but your emotions will point you there. Mm. Um, so just, just, Tune into what emotion you're feeling about a certain topic right now and then go straight to what exactly do I want in this situation? And you will see what a bearing uh, that has. Shame is kind of what I call a secondary emotion. I don't think we are born into the world, you know, latent with shame, but it, it tends to come as a result of experiences uh, in our formative years where we are made to feel shame. The distinction I make between shame and guilt is guilt is I have done something wrong. Shame is that there is something wrong with me. I am missing something. I am inadequate. Um, I don't belong. And, you know, 
I've, I've been with a lot of leaders. Again, I have a privilege every day of sitting behind closed doors with leaders who have accomplished a tremendous amount. And yet with a good number of those where shame is their most dominant emotion, you would never know it. You would never know it because they're doing everything to convince themselves not to be ashamed and convince the world. But you get behind closed doors and there's a lack of self-confidence. There's a, um, a, a sense of imposter syndrome. I don't belong here. Um, and a lot of times, too, if you're a person that doesn't feel your emotions, it can be because emotions are just too hard to feel, but you're still having them. That's the problem. You cannot just shut the door and, and, and shut down this aspect of yourself. People will be able to tell that you've shut the door and shut it down. <laughs> Even as you're trying to hold your anger inside or trying not to show up uh, afraid, it shows up in you. So Which, you would do well to tune into it and learn how to start channeling it in constructive ways. Um, I'll tell you real quickly, I'm a head guy. Uh, my dominant emotion is fear. Um, I'm always, my strength is that I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always planning ahead. I was hopefully well prepared for us to do this session here. The shadow side to that fear is that I come up with all kinds of scenarios to be afraid of in life that are unnecessary. Um, and until I really tune into that and start, as I said earlier, get some separation between me and my thoughts calm those down. So that calms the fear down. That's going to help me show up as a better version of myself. Just ironically, uh, one of the leading commandments in the Bible is don't be afraid. Don't allow your fear to overcome. You've, you've been not given a spirit of fear. Um, Rob, um, we've got just a short little bit, but we have a fourth dimension. And I want you just to touch on a little bit. It's the spiritual dimension. And uh, d describe that to our leaders. Yeah, this is the this is the deepest, most inner, most intimate, most precious part of ourselves. I identify four key components of this: uh, my identity, who am I, my purpose, why am I here, and my beliefs and values. Why do I do the things I do the way that I do them? Now, this gets into the really soft stuff that we don't necessarily, you know, talk about or think about every day. Here's where I would challenge you. Think about the last time you were in a conversation or a meeting and you offered a, a contribution or a thought to, uh, to others. And your thought or your contribution was either outright ignored or put down. What internally happened to you was questions of identity and purpose. Who do they think I am? Why am I here if they won't listen to me? So anytime we're feeling disrespect, anytime we're feeling ignored, anytime we're, we're not being appreciated for what we're trying to bring, that goes to our core. And if we're not tuned into that, um, we will go through all these uh, very uh, dysfunctional ways of reminding the world that we belong. And it's generally not going to have us at our best. Um, so again, I've written a whole chapter about it. Yes, your faith permeates all this. It absolutely impacts your sense of identity, purpose, beliefs, and values. But I can talk about it in a very generic sense, and it makes sense to any person I talk with. 
Rob, uh, our time has quickly flown by. I just want to say a huge, huge thank you. Thanks for your time and thanks for your wisdom and thank you for writing this book. Um, lead like you were meant to make the switch from autopilot to intentional. And uh, I, I would just ask you, would you pray for us? I, I love that you were, um, uh, you had a couple of folks who promote, you know, promoted you basically, or gave some attaboys to you. And one was a, a rabbi and one was a reverend and then a whole bunch of other leaders. And I just love that um, you're getting great reviews from folks from all all different dimensions, and uh, I'm just I'm just grateful, brother, that uh, God allowed you to put this book together. But would you pray for us? Would you pray for us, guys, please? Sure. Great to be with you guys today. Oh God, our Father, you are our Creator, you're our Maker, and um, we humbly acknowledge that we are navigating life. Um, trying to better understand who you made when you made us and trying to discern the purpose for which you made us and that purpose that we should be living into. So we need your ongoing help with this. And I, I pray that uh, everyone who hears this would, would look to you as their creator um, and ask this question of you and that you would give us guidance. You would give us direction. Father, we're all walking with a limp. Some of us are better covering it up than others, but we're all walking with a limp and we need your help to be our best and to be who you meant us to be. So we ask for your help. Thank you for hearing our prayers. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. RobMcKinnon.com robmckinnon.com if you want the correct spelling of that go to our facebook page solid steps radio i have a uh, post on there and you can click on that to buy his book on amazon or go to his website thank you for listening to solid steps radio Mm -hmm.